Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Today's edition of the Overreaction Podcast. We talk Alabama. We talk Michigan. We talk about Air Force's mascot. And Pat flips out while watching the Denver Broncos lose. We are the Yahoo Sports College Podcast, and we approve this message. Welcome to the Yahoo Sports College Podcast. I am Dan Wetzel, joined as always, Pat Forty, Pete Thamel, and this is the Overreaction Monday edition of the pod. But this is not an overreaction, guys. Season's over, Alabama's the champion. (laughs) We're all done. Show's over. Uh, podcast will resume in August of 2019. <laughs> nice chatting with you guys. Good talk. Is that an option, by the way? Like just asking for a friend. What the hell are we doing here for the rest of the season, Pat? You know, uh, <laughs> I, I don't disagree with your premise. We are uh, basically shuffling the deck chairs to see who gets sent to uh, to death row, I guess, to play Alabama. You know, everybody says oh, it's better to be fourth than fifth. This year, it might be better to be fifth than fourth in the playoff rankings because whoever's <laughs> fourth has to play Alabama. Um, that ain't going to be pretty. I've seen them twice in person now. They are ridiculous. They are good at everything other than place kicking, which has kind of just been this surreal, uh, persistent problem for them. But it doesn't matter. I mean, now they've got every single thing else. I mean, the quarterback's ridiculous. The running backs are great. The receivers are the best. The offensive line's outstanding. The defensive line's outstanding. The linebackers are great. The secondary's certainly good enough. Uh, The coach is the best. Good luck, everyone else. Pat, you were at the game Saturday night. Uh, Describe for me, because I always think this is an interesting moment when I go to a big college football game, and none better than Tiger Stadium. That moment where the pregame hype and booze and the excitement and it's loud, and then all of a sudden there's a realization of like, ah, this ain't happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. There is two weeks of buildup and really kind of a whole season worth of buildup at LSU for this game. So excited. And the atmosphere down there is always great, but this was the best I'd ever seen. And, I mean, they were so jacked up. It was ridiculously loud. And they came out, and Alabama moves on the first possession, and then they stop them, and the place just is going crazy. And then when LSU gets the ball and does nothing, I think that was the first instance like, oh, okay. 
huh, this is going to be difficult. And then Alabama gets the ball back and scores, and that's when reality started to set in. And then, you know, there were these little faint glimmers of hope, but they never lasted very long because they just couldn't move the ball at all. And then by the second half, it was, okay, how much punishment can we take before we're out of here? And eventually it ends up the way it always ends up, with 20,000 Alabama fans in there chanting and yelling and partying, and everybody else is gone. It's amazing how they can empty a stadium. You know, my favorite part of that exchange was like the glimmer in Dan's eye when he was waiting to hear Pat describe the moment all those souls were crushed. (laughs) (laughs) That's essentially what that question was. When did you know their hearts would be trampled on, (laughs) broken up, and swept away like empty nips? (laughs) We all have our hobbies. We all have our hobbies. What brings us to college football is varied. That's one thing I have learned. I like the game for different reasons and watching entire states get crushed <laughs> for something as per- pointless as this. I mean, it's not like, you know, that wasn't a natural disaster. <laughs> like, you guys have your little tailgate party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once Nick Saban said on the uh, on his radio show this week, when somebody called in to ask whether if they won the coin toss, that would they kick or receive? Which I mean, what a classic coaches yes. <laughs> coaches show call that is. <laughs> Gives a crap, and he probably wouldn't even tell you. And he just says, "You know, I hope we elect a kick ass." Is what I hope we do. <laughs> I was like, that point spread should have moved to about thirty. <laughs> yeah, three points were right there on those words. Yeah. I mean, if I'm a Bama fan, then I'm like, all right, here's the plan: we're gonna get trashed. <laughs> we're gonna go in there and whoop it up. We're gonna watch Mike the Tiger. We're gonna see. <laughs> But we got we got to have plans if we got an early departure. <laughs> baby, tell the babysitter he ain't gonna be out late. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they extinguished that hope, no doubt about it. And it was uh, it was funny actually. It was it was mildly cute, endearing when uh, Devin White finally got to play the second half, and the fans tried to get really excited again, and then that didn't last. You know, that lasted like two more minutes, and then now nah, it was over. It was over at nine nothing. It was really over at sixteen to nothing, and then it just got worse from there from LSU standpoint. So let me start with Pete on this. I, we're going to talk about this a lot the rest of the year, so you don't have to go into too much detail. But who can compete with Alabama? Because you know I was clicking back and forth during the LSU game, especially as it, it kind of was boring because you just knew they weren't going to win. Notre Dame Northwestern's on. Notre Dame is a good football team from a good program having. A fantastic season. They're undefeated. They're number three. They're doing all their stuff. But they're a college football team. They have tons of flaws. And if they, you know, they could be number three in the polls, but if they play Alabama, it's going to be like 44 to 10. Like, this is, this is a good college football team. They're just not Alabama. So, you know, Michigan, I see similar. Georgia's got talent, but like even Kirby Smart says, oh, we're a work in progress. Is Clemson certainly won't be intimidated. Maybe that's it. Can anybody really compete with Alabama right now? I think Clemson can compete. Uh, that would not be a boat race. At least they, at least you can sit down. So I, I called like a half dozen coaches and some NFL scouts, 
in for a like analysis last week, and I was blown away. Like none of them thought they had a chance. I got a bunch of texts this morning from those same coaches and scouts being like, "Told you, like pretty accurate, right?" Like they said Joe Burrow would get exposed. It was it was very easy for them to see the flaws, tick them off, and say why. So I would think Clemson, because they have that front four and they have that depth at the defensive line, they at least won't get their tail kicked. I mean, LSU got wasted on both lines of scrimmage. And in football, if you get wasted on both lines of scrimmage, you have no chance. So at least Clemson, from a defensive line, they could at least add resistance up front, neutralize the running game, and give them a chance. They also have a quarterback. My new favorite quarterback term this year is limited, so we're not mean. Joe Burrow turned (laughs) out to be quite limited and those limitations were uh on resplendent display uh he got hit a lot he ran around crazy legged he just didn't really look like the savior that we all kind of knew he wasn't like remember that like drive at the end of the Auburn game where they had a few PIs and he kind of just floated a few in there and I was like oh you know he's better than the flotsam and jetsam that they put out at quarterback the last couple of years but um Trevor Lawrence is an excellent quarterback and there is high-end skill. Like, in theory, Clemson should be able to move the ball. They have a better O-line than LSU. Um, in theory, Clemson should be able to offer some resistance, so I think they could stay in the game. Do I think they would win? No, but obviously not. But I do think they are the one unit that is at least outfitted for that. Michigan, with Rashad Gary back, at least has like a high-end defensive line that you can create an argument for but I I do think Shea Patterson has his limits he's obviously played a lot better Harbaugh's brought him along nicely they deserve a lot of credit their O-line has come a long way but they ain't seen anything like that's Alabama defensive line and and I think Ohio State up front will give them fits um, just in terms of Draymond Jones and Chase Young and they they have some uh, they have some horses up there but those are the two on paper Notre Dame has a good line. Jerry Tillery's a nice player. They have some, you know, right now, and I'm going to do a column on Notre Dame this week. I was through there last week. Uh, the sum is greater than their parts. Right. That's going to be the theme of what I write. Like, Notre Dame is a great team. They're well coached. They Everyone in that in that building, Clark Lee on defense, Chip Long on offense, Brian Kelly, they deserve a lot of credit for getting the Irish where they are. But they are still a distinct notch below Alabama. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not close. Right. Pat, anybody? Can anyone beat him? Uh, no. I mean, I, I I'd say Clemson's a touchdown underdog. I would say Michigan is ten to fourteen point underdog, and Notre Dame's probably in the same area. Uh, Notre Dame's hey, they've had a better season than Michigan. They beat Michigan. They're undefeated, but I think they would be a worse matchup. Uh, I think I think Alabama would absolutely steamroll them. I think Michigan's defense could at least give it a chance to stay in the game I don't I don't see them winning by any stretch Clemson's the only thing the only team I think that has a chance and I'm still not sure as good as Trevor Lawrence is I want to take a true freshman into that gunfight right now bet online has Alabama if they played Notre Dame Alabama would be a 20.5 favorite Woo! almost three touchdowns would you take the points Pat uh, no, I would not. T- I would lay the points with Alabama against everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't touching a point spread over 20. I don't know, against a Notre Dame. Yeah, I actually would take, I mean, whatever. What did I predict? 44-10. So that would, I, would, yeah. Yeah, I would ease into that. All right, one interesting post-game comment, and I think this kind of feeds into this, came from Coach O, 
who looked like a guy who got destroyed. It's very clear what happened. He says, I told the guys the table was set, man. The fans were great. The energy all day. There was one to, man. This thing was set, but hey, we got beat in a lot of scrimmage, man. I got to recruit better defensive linemen. I got to recruit better offensive linemen. Same old thing. You got to beat Alabama in a lot of scrimmage. Now, there was some uh, tumult about this. He's throwing his players under the bus, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they already just got thrown like ragdolls. Yeah. I mean, you can't throw them any further. <laughs> yeah, thrown under a steamroller. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know. The um, bus was probably gentle compared to Quinn and Williams and the boys. Yeah. I think I think it's sort of a – at least he's being honest and he's saying to other recruits around the country, hey, look, I'm coming to get you because all we need, all we need is you and we can beat these guys and come be a part of it. I think there, there's that message sent. Um Certainly it's true, though, the recruiting rankings. I'm, I'm looking at the five classes that Alabama would have that would have players on the field. So redshirt seniors, many of the best ones are gone, obviously the NFL, through the freshmen. Their rivals recruiting rankings, one, two, one, one, and seven last year as freshmen. The freshmen are seven. so They suck. I assume <laughs> Nick Saban had these recruiting coordinators drawn and quartered and then shot behind Brian Denny Stadium <laughs> for failing to bring in the number one recruiting class. And it has worked because yeah. they are currently number one for 2019. There so, you go. But I'll tell you, in about three years, uh, he got your shot at the Tide. Beat him then. Uh, anyway, anything on Coach O? You think that was just a good bit of honesty? Or, uh, you know, is it like kicking your, your players that tried really hard uh, in the shins and be like, yeah, you're right, Coach. I ain't as good as those guys. Yeah, I, I took it as honesty. I thought it was a very frank and accurate appraisal. I mean, if he had said otherwise, he wouldn't have been honest. So, uh, and that that's just, it was very clear that that was what the difference. Uh, I mean, there were several differences, but I mean, LSU's offensive line had no chance the whole game. And uh, that they, they do have to get better up front. So I don't have a problem with O saying that. Now, hopefully he at least took a little bit of, of blame for himself, or I thought coaching a scared game, uh, way too cautious, didn't go for a fourth down when they were there. They punted from, what, the Alabama 38 in the third quarter. Uh, they tried to kick a field goal down 22 early in the fourth quarter. You know, I, I didn't – I thought by the second half he was playing damage control and tried to, instead of trying to play to win. Yeah, I thought – as, as much as the talent was a mismatch, the coaching was a mismatch. Why did LSU take the ball to, to start the game? Or, I'm sorry, kick the ball to start the game and expose their defense without their best player. And then when you're just trying to get through the first half, like Orgeron coached the game like they had equal players. So for him to say after the game that they were unequal on the lines was either disingenuous by him or he was too foolish to realize that ahead of time watching film and didn't coach the way that was obvious to everyone who, at least everyone I talked to, who analyzed the game. Um, playing tempo was just handing the ball back to them quickly and burying yourself in a in a hole, which was dumb. There were a couple instances in the first half where they punted where I thought they needed to be aggressive. They didn't play at all like an underdog. If an underdog, you're going to try to slow it down, you're going to try to limit possessions, and you're going to be aggressive in spots. Like Scott Frost, I thought, coached. Now, that he didn't go on the, his own 11 or whatever at the end, which he got some criticism for, but I thought if you watch that game, the uh, Nebraska-Ohio State game on Friday, he coached like a guy who knew he didn't have as good of a team as the guys across the sideline, and he was going to take as many risks and put as much pressure on them as possible, and, and he uh, and he did that. Coach O 
coached like he would any other game. And and I thought just I, I thought sideline acumen wise, they came off very poor in the tempo that they played and how they handled some situational football. And yeah, I just I think if you're the LSU brass who brings in Orgeron, can you really say two years in now you're closer to catching Alabama than you were when you fired Les Miles? Uh no. they're no closer. No, no. They're no closer. <laughs> but we don't really they know argue how- they're further away. Yeah, my, my, oh, and and I don't know that they're – we'll see how good LSU really ends up on this season. They're a good team, very good team, but number three was a little much. Uh, but I don't know. I just don't think it really – other than the top two, I don't think it matters. I, I just I just don't in this thing. All right, one more LSU uh, uh, Bama item, uh, and this was from the pregame. Game day, ESPN game day, terrific show, had James Carvel on. The political consultant and uh, rabid, uh, shall we say, nutcase LSU fan. And he, of course, went all in on his conspiracy theory that the SEC office is pro-Bama and thus anti-LSU due to the first half suspension of Tiger linebacker Devin White. He said Tennessee's best defensive player couldn't play against Alabama because of the SEC. Missouri's best defensive player couldn't play against Alabama because the SEC kicked him out. A&M's best defensive player couldn't play against Alabama because he was taken out. And now the best defensive player in the conference is not going to play for the first half for nothing. He did nothing wrong. Now, uh, we detailed this like weeks ago on the podcast. We Carvel's uh, letter to the Baton Rouge advocate was tremendous. Uh, he's totally crazy. He's running around uh, spewing these things. ESPN booked him. They had to know what he was going to say. This is James <laughs> Carvel. What'd you have him on for, you know, for his, for his insight on zone blocking schemes? <laughs> well, soon enough, somebody, uh, and I don't know why, why he has been ripping the crap out of the SEC for weeks, but apparently when it made it a game day, the SEC got a little chapped because we soon got, we have an apology to make, uh, goes through it and he says uh this is espn's apology his actions were over the top and we'd like to apologize to commissioner sankey for them this is an espn apology for james carville who i would note did not back down of course not (laughs) i will say this there will be no apologies coming from the yahoo sports college podcast don't apologize We also now, don't have any billion-dollar business partners to piss off that we know about anyway. This, um, this is true. Yet. Give us this a couple is, more yes. weeks, man. Yes. Sankey could yes. electric, electrocute my chair right now. I have no idea. <laughs> Pat, what do you make of this? Uh, this is this is classic ESPN. You know, it's they're just so afraid of ruffling the feathers of their of their powerful friends, and so this is what you do. Is I mean, you you. You, you have somebody say something and then you fall all over yourself apologizing and somebody makes a call to somebody else. And, and then one, when the executive VP gets that call, they're like, Oh my gosh, we got to We got to apologize. We got to apologize. We got to do something about this. But now Carvel played the situation exactly the way you knew he would. He even had the t-shirt. It was written in, I don't know whether it was in French or Cajun or some combo French Cajun <laughs> thing that basically what it said was, uh, Frasian. Yes, Frazier. So kiss my ass. Uh, and it said it had SEC Commissioner Sankey or whatever on it. I, I, I mean, so. And I did actually uh, got a little tip Saturday morning. Actually, it might even have been Friday night uh, from a friend of a friend of Carvel's who said, 
Carvel said, I'm going to bust this little garden party up on, on game day. So. <laughs> Here's the thing about, I don't know the SEC demanded an apology or wanted one, but all you did was add more attention to oh, the story. How many people sure. are what? People are watching game day. Sure, some, but they all know like the way Carvel's acting is totally crazy. It's a joke. It's a show. Yep. The apology the now becomes an AP newswire sure. story yeah. that runs all over, and everyone goes, "Oh, what did James? Wait a minute! All those guys were suspended. What? Yeah. Pretty fishy. <laughs> like this, so dumb. Just let that thing go and be like, we don't pay attention to yeah. James Carvel. We're the damn <laughs> SEC." <laughs> Embrace the crazy fan. Exactly. Mike That's Slive that. was the best at that. Like, no, sure. we don't want you to poison the trees, but damn, it's pretty good theater <laughs> when you do. <laughs> Harvey Updike, those are their people. That's yes. it. That's what they fine bomb is, is making a killing because he realized just let these people go crazy. Exactly. Just, just let, let them turn be them who loose. They are. And the let SEC. Slive loved loved him. Yep. He, be, he yep. put him on the SEC network. Instead of sitting there going, this guy, he calls for all my play coaches to get fired. He's always ripping on us. He's, he's totally – he gives a voice to these lunatics. He, they said, oh, bring on the circus, baby. <laughs> and the thing got popular. It wasn't sure. that popular 20 years ago. Now it is. Yep. No, it's uh, a, a, a classic uh, mishandling of the situation. Failure. For failure. sure. But hilarious. More James Carvel, please. He's he's he he's been an excellent addition. His big mouth has been an excellent addition to the season. That's <laughs> nonsensical, but it's funny. My favorite part of this segment is the tone in Pat's voice sounding like he was on the business end of some of those ESPN muckety muck yeah, yeah. emails about things he's written or said oh, while he think? may have been employed there. <laughs> you think? I'm just hazarding a guess, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> you may not have been the most like buttoned up corporate employee possible. Like I'm just saying, I hope you don't take offense to that. No, there were a, there were a few calls to the EVPs from angry schools that came back to me. Yes, uh, that, that is. Yeah, exactly. I'm stunned from somebody who uses yeah. the phrase dumpster fire in every third column. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Glad you reminded me of that. I haven't used that yet this year. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. How about this? Uh, someone who, who had been accused of running a dumpster fire was Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh was overrated. Jim Harbaugh sucks. <laughs> this was the storyline. Very popular. I never bought into that because I watched his, I covered his 49er teams plus some of those Stanford ones. I know he does. He is not overrated, but I did wonder why the heck Michigan couldn't get any good. Well, they're good. 42, seven. They whipped Penn State, and that was a soul-crushing uh, one that I think will rattle that program because it's like, how the heck are we so bad all of a sudden? Um, that James Franklin look, looked like just baffled after uh, and angry and everything. Um, Wolverines are 8-1, and one, heading to the Columbus Showdown Thanksgiving weekend. Now, uh, I know the big joke is like when Texas wins a game, hey, they're back, Texas is back. Miami wins a game. Miami's back, and then they really aren't. Uh, but this feels long-term. Like, this feels like Harbaugh finally has got this thing going, exactly how Harbaugh is going to do it. We saw him do it at other places. How bullish are you now on him, or am I overreacting in the glow of the Penn State victory? No, I, you are not overreacting, I don't think. I, I think Michigan is 
very good this year and has recruited well enough that they should continue to be very good for the foreseeable future. Uh, that was uh, they, They've had a couple good statement wins here lately. I mean, the, to, to beat Michigan State and then come back and just undress Penn State, the revenge tour that they've all been talking about after they lost all those big games to them last year is on in full. You know, they're playing angry and chippy and arrogant, and uh, it's all that's that's Harbaugh. That's that's his team, and uh, they're good. And, I yes, I probably was leading the overreaction bandwagon on the first uh-huh. overreaction Monday podcast of the year when they uh-huh. lost to uh, Notre Dame. But looking at them now, very impressed. And they I think they should make the college football playoff. If the, I'll tell you this. If they don't beat Ohio State this year, fan base will have good reason to be bitterly disappointed to use Jim's words. Pete? I believe Pat's column off the Notre Dame Michigan game was that this looked like the beginning of the end for Jim Harbaugh. So he really set the Good overreaction stuff. tone for, <laughs> for what our podcast would end up, uh, would end up becoming. Um, but no, they had looked hopeless on the offensive line. They looked hopeless at quarterback. Like there was an element in that program where the, the coordination of the offense was off. Uh, I mean, it was 42-13 in state college last year. So I don't know how many games in, you know, regular rivalries in conference have taken such a precipitous turn, like essentially a I mean that game was 42 nothing until the last 2 minutes. So it's essentially a at least a 70 point swing. I'm not very good at math, but that's like that's just a giant turn for for both programs. And look, they're rising at a time when Michigan State is declining. You can argue Ohio State is declining. In Penn State is clearly declining and so it's you know all of a sudden now the trappings are there I think right now there's nothing to there's nothing that I've seen out of Ohio State the last couple weeks that makes me think they'll beat Michigan Um, especially with a one-dimensional offense Don Brown is gonna be licking his chops to uh, to 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 blitz Dwayne Haskins so yeah I agree that it's laying there for Michigan now that Ohio State Nebraska game Ohio State looked terrible they won they did not look good Nebraska is awful Nebraska is kicker uh, tried an onside kick. It went backwards. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see that. <laughs> it just, no. just doesn't happen every day. I've Worst. done that on the gol- golf tee before. Yeah. That did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worst onside kick ever. That was impressive. It, did not, it needs to go 10 yards. Well, we went backwards one. What's the rule on that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, no, I think Wolverines are sitting pretty right now. All right. Uh, Kansas fired someone who purported to be its football coach. <laughs> He had a business card and everything, said head football coach. <laughs> I have no idea what his name is. I don't care, and I'm far too lazy to look it up. So, moving on. Pete, who will be the next guy who tries this? And can we just bring back Mangino? Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be uh, – I mean, to think that Mangino, like, I, I vividly remember writing the story uh, from a hotel room in Pittsburgh – that year, and I believe Kansas and Missouri were one and two in the yeah. country. Yes, yeah. yeah. Good. And, and I remember not a banner year for college football. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember writing it was like Albania playing in the World Cup final. Yeah. Like there was just like such a weird, bizarre uh, confluence of events. That was the year where Rich Rod and West Virginia spit the bit against Pitt at the end when they should have uh, they should have gone to the uh, college uh, the BCS title yeah. game. Before Nobody Dan wanted to be the it. champ that year. Nobody wanted to be the champ. Yes. Yes, that was the are the cats going to win year, Pat? Yeah. I believe. Oh, I know. Yeah, no. Two thousand seven, um, the craziest year in college football history. Yes, yes. So, 
David Beatty, God rest his coaching soul, was the wide receivers coach at Texas A&M, was hired at a pittance of a sum, was completely overmatched. The only thing worse than his record, which was 0-12, 2-12, 1-11, now he has leapt to 3-6 this year for a cool 6-39, was that he actually got extended amid this run of ineptitude after they beat Texas in the game that eventually led to Charlie Strong's dismissal. So... He was in the midst of six and thirty-nine, and really, he was amid three and forty something, and he got extended. Like taxpayer money will be being paid to him via the Kansas Athletic Department because uh, Shahan Zanger, the guy who actually fired uh, the Loyola Chicago coach while he was uh, while he was at Illinois State, um, and, and just made he hired Charlie Weiss, which was probably the worst hire of my lifetime in college sports. Would you agree with that, Pat? Like, nobody thought that was going to work. Mrs. Was, Weiss didn't think that was going to work. Yeah, no, like, that was a complete atrocity. It was, it was horrific. Just horrific. hand out money out there. Because, uh, yeah, you know. That's, that's, you know, that terrible businessmen they, I mean, who are prone to overreaction Mondays of their own. We beat Texas. Extend him. Extend him. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. And just uh, likes tossing money out, not just to power forward recruits. I mean. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, Listen, yes. here. Tell me if you think maybe they're not that interested in football at Kansas. When I tell you the attendance of the the announced attendance of their last three home cool. games, Big Twelve games, eighteen thousand, fifteen thousand, fifteen thousand. I That's don't believe they, I do not believe they have a stadium that can seat fifteen thousand. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Yeah, I've been Fog to Allen Fieldhouse. They know. got plenty of seats. <laughs> they just don't have anybody in them. That's it. They play yeah. arena ball at Allen Fieldhouse. Yes. <laughs> So uh, I put together a list on uh, Yahoo.com oh, of potential replacements. 18,000 people at the game. The, Please click on that yes, so that at least yes, somebody. Yes. The only one you would care about, Dan, would be the great Les Miles, um, who yeah, is interested work. in the job oh, really? and would certainly be intriguing. I would hire either Matt Wells or Ken Niamatololo, who – could bring the the option from Navy there. He makes a lot of money at Navy, so that would be that would be. Why the hell would he go to Kansas? I wouldn't. I mean, empower him, but I mean, Maybe he's been there twelve retire. years. You want a new challenge, like you know? I mean, what? Dan, you've had you've had your job for seventeen. Go to years. Maryland. Not, not every, then. Go to Maryland. Yeah, well, right? he'd be an excellent hire at Maryland. I mean, why would you sit there and be like, yeah. I think I'm going to go to the war. I, I, I have all sorts of recruiting limitations at Navy. Let's go someplace worse. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Well, he had like the at least when you, you go, you sign up to go to Navy. You're like, I'm gonna, go, I get to go to the Naval Academy. Like, this is big time. Like, people don't want to go. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, uh, I Khalil Tate kind of dinged him from getting the Arizona job. If you remember that last year, uh, the quarterback who didn't want to run. Yeah, and right. yeah. So anyway, that's uh, all right. Well, we will keep that ongoing saga going. I'm sure they'll hire yeah. somebody. Maybe. Um, guess <laughs> we'll see. All right, uh, let's get to some hate. Chippy game between West Virginia and Texas. Uh, Mountaineers won 42-41, game ending on a two-point conversion by QB Will Greer, who was awesome in this game. It was a really exciting game. Yeah, Uh, Back and forth, terrific. Uh, 16 seconds left, he gets the two. West Virginia wins, but after he celebrates and another guy on the Mountaineers with the horns down. Taunting the Texas fans earlier. David Sills was flagged for the same thing. Oh my God. So it was kind of dumb to do it again, but whatever. 
Tom Herman wanted the play overturned. The Texas quarterback was aghast at this symbol. You would have thought they'd like, I don't know what, uh, you know, I'm sorry. Your feelings are hurt. Hate to break it to you, Texas, but that thing is not like some sacred symbol. Yeah. It didn't burn the American flag at the middle of the field. Uh, it's football. I hate the unsportsmanlike conduct rule. I like unsportsmanlike conduct. That's why I'm a UFC fan. Uh, taunt away, Mountaineers. But I don't know. What do you think of Texas' reaction? And should this uh, penalty have like caused the two-point conversion to be redone? Pat, what's up? Oh, it's so stupid. My gosh. Texas... You know, that that is just whiny, sore loser stuff there, really. That's that's what that is, is, you know, we lost the game, and so so you got to be – we're mad because you didn't have enough class. Oh, shut up, man. I mean, class. They, they act like this 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 hook'em is some sort of, you know, religious symbol or something. Sorry, if you're going to have a symbol like that and you're going to all walk around doing it, then guess what? When you lose <laughs> – People are going to turn it around on you. That's what you get that mocking gator chomp all the time in the swamp when Florida gets beaten. I don't hear them, you know, asking for penalties and do-overs and making a big deal out of it. It's it's ridiculous. They need to grow up a little bit down there. Pete? Yeah, I have a hard time getting worked up over, over hand symbols. I feel like everyone <laughs> in the state of Texas, it's like – everyone's speaking in their own code like there's like the gigum and then the cougar oh, yeah. thing and everybody's yeah, got their own guns, guns up guns yeah, up guns yeah. up yeah sick them no, at baylor yeah, yeah 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 it's just like all right stop like stop auditioning to be a mime like nobody else really cares it's your own little culture thing great but there should be no one should be taking offense to any of that no one should be penalized in any way because of that yeah uh, that is just like if if someone in like Paris saw that and they would be like, what they did, what they like be like giving a red card for booing or something. I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know that that just doesn't do much. That doesn't do much. Well, Sam Ellinger quotes that I saw were just like, okay, settle down, pal, you know, and it, it, these fans like, you know, all right, you, you drink like 16 beers before the game. You come in there and scream at a bunch of college kids the whole time. You you're checking your rival's message board where you're like, you know, <laughs> Aggie suck for life, you know, is your handle. <laughs> you tweet at, you tweet mean things at recruits, high school kids that choose the other guy, you know, and then all of a sudden oh, I'm offended. <laughs> and I mean, Herman, like, okay, if, if they overturn the play because that's the rule, then fine. That's, that's to your benefit to be like, they missed that penalty. Like, no, if you're going to build the football program that is, reliant you go tough break they just beat our ass they score you know i'm not gonna worry about that i'm gonna worry about why did that why did he just run in the end zone and right. you know not play there play the technicality game it's like okay on appeal here take this to the <laughs> appellate court how how beautiful was that will greer touchdown pass to oh that ended i mean that that was a teardrop from heaven what a pass uh, and pass. then the gusto call by Holgo to go oh, for yeah. two. I mean, it was it a was great game. That's the thing. Game. It was a great, chippy, tough game. We got yeah. some hate. That's what, I, mean, I know you want to win, but tough. Sometimes you lose. And yep. uh, it's not like, you know, Texas is a good team this year. They're getting there. But I just, that, that, one, that, one didn't, that one didn't make me uh, outraged. I hate all the people like, 
I like politically incorrect. I'm politically incorrect. You know, I'll just, uh, that, that's, that's, don't be so sensitive until you say something that they disagree with. That's an outrage. <laughs> right. like if you're politically incorrect, you can't be offended. Yeah, right. Right. You that's can't just whine then about everyone being mean to you. <laughs> I'm politically incorrect. I say, uh, someone says something. Oh my God. <laughs> Get over it. He turned the hordes down. It's terrible. The hordes were turned Somebody down. A do college something. kid dared to yeah. turn the horns down on the 100,000 fans that have been doing the horns up at him. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, in Funny Ideas Gone Bad yeah. division, do we have a Funny Ideas Gone Bad division? That would be a stupid division. But anyway, <laughs> uh, our military academies have a tradition of trying to steal each other's mascots. Army, most notably, trying to get the ram or the goat or whatever they got. The ram of Navy. Uh, you know, and I like it. Using the guile and subterfuge that we want out of our soldiers, you know, doing this. Uh, well, uh, Air Force Aurora, the, uh, Fal- the Falcon, uh, has been on the job nearly 22 years, never been abducted. He has avoided these other schools. No Falcon has actually ever been abducted by uh, any of uh, by Navy or Army since the academy opened in 54. So it had a good win streak. Uh, that ended during a trip to West Point this weekend. Some Army cadets got a hold of Aurora. Unfortunately, this is bad. It appears Aurora fought back, and in the struggles, both his wings were injured. They have rushed him back to Colorado for treatment with specialists. They may have to put Aurora down. Now, he's 22, or she. I don't know what this Falcon... <laughs> Not sure. Not that interested in the medical of a Falcon. Uh, the only thing he can come up with is they usually die at 25. So basically okay. an old man. But I kind of like the idea is old man Falcon because uh, yeah. per this Colorado spring story, the Air Force believes whoever tried to get Aurora and got in a fight, uh, old man scrapped back a little bit. <laughs> this, is my, this is one of my favorite quotes of the year. Quote, she has two inch talons. A source said, we got a falcon source. Source Source close to the bird said. The bird whisperer. A source with What is this source, though? I mean, that's... What a source. You talk to the bird. Are you sure they're not three-inch talons? Oh, they're two. Okay. I guess, oh, she. Aurora's a she. I'm sorry, Aurora. Old grandma got back. Uh, Then, quote, that's going to take more than a tetanus shot to fix. That's a quote from the so source. Can you picture like the 6 a.m. march at Army when they line up? They're like, all right, who tried to get Aurora? And you got a guy like a big cut across his face, bleeding. Yeah. Not me. No, it was me. Yeah, no, that no, wasn't me. <laughs> Fought this bird, man. The bird took out the. How did they how did they catch the guy? You gotta think like if you're Air Force, you gotta be guarding this thing 24-7. That's gonna be some job. It was in some it's it details the, the you know, the first casualty of war is the truth. Yeah, as it's we all, know. Yeah, right. It's, it's all classified, reporting. Pete. It's all classified. Yeah, there's yeah. rumors. I mean, there's sources, so they're leaking like a sieve up there. But <laughs> apparently, they snuck into the the house on the West Point that the bird was staying in, and they got in there. But there was a hellacious fight. So yeah, this is an ongoing saga. We are not giving up on this story. <laughs> oh no. Uh, no more interesting not. details from this fascinating Colorado Springs Gazette story. <laughs> uh, here's a quote: The Falcon, though is a difficult mascot at times on several occasions, including at a football game last season, the Academy's flying mascot has flown away. 
Oh, just yeah. left the stadium. The most recent incident edited when a cadet corralled the bird in a parking lot. <laughs> Others have escaped. Other escapes have been more extreme. In one instance, <laughs> one of the birds escaped at a bowl game in New Orleans and was found oh, hours later and miles away. Probably getting drunk at Lafette's down on Bourbon Street. Because <laughs> goddamn, there ain't nothing more American than the Air Force Falcon <laughs> pulling up to a bar in Bourbon Street and drinking. <laughs> the Falcon went AWOL. No, it's, uh, I mean, I grew up actually by the base of the Air Force Academy, went to the home games all the time. And yes, there would on occasionally the Falcon would leave the stadium. And that was that. <laughs> you figure, you know. Fly to freedom, little man. Go. But, Are you uh, the source, Pat? Are you the source? Just let us know. All right? If you were the bird source, we need to know. If I were the source, I would never admit it. You know that. Good. 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 Yeah. Any of your classmates? You went to Academy High? Did you go to the? I went to Air Academy High School. Yes, I did. Yes. On the base of the Air Force Academy. On the base. Yep. And so you may. Can you work this? you got to know somebody up there. I'll, I'll do my best. I'll see if I can find get to the bottom of this. Huh? <laughs> We'll find out. You know what? We will We will get updates on this Falcon's fight for its life like it was Barbaro, the racehorse, man. I'll be all over <laughs> If you are the source, I want the talons to grow in every retelling. So, like, two weeks from now when we're on watch, like, you know, the, the six-inch talons. Like, like Freddy Krueger of Aurora's Freddy Krueger with That's the right. nails. Yeah. Print the legend, Edward man. This, is, hands. Yeah. this could be, this is, I mean, if this thing, if Aurora has to be put down, I mean, the burial, it'll be like. Oh, full military funeral. Absolutely. absolutely. And deservedly so. Yeah. yeah. Deservedly it's, so. Small casket, but you know. Yep. Otherwise. <laughs> Carry on, dear girl. Carry on. <laughs> All right. Uh, small sample Heisman time. Uh, Pete, let's start with you. Who, if the Heisman was given out for one week this week, who won it? That is a uh, that is a very good question, Dan. I'm All right, good to... prep, good job. All right, we'll start. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, Pat, who won the Heisman this week? <laughs> I'll tell you who. I'm ready, baby. I mean, let, let me just hold on, hold on, hold on. We have one bit in the entire show every week that requires a modicum. A, I mean, just like yeah. it takes like two minutes. Maybe look up the stats. Make sure you got the stats right. Yeah, that's all that's we asked. That's the effort we put into this show. I just show. couldn't find. I could. I had the window open. I couldn't. Yeah, find sure, it. sure you did. I'm Pat, ready who, now. Pat, who did it? Who won it? Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle, Alabama. We've talked about a lot of defensive linemen this year, but we haven't talked about him enough. He he is just having a ridiculous season, and he destroyed LSU's offensive line. He had ten tackles. He had two and a half sacks. He had three and a half tackles for loss. They tried double-teaming him. He blew right through the double-teams. He did everything he wanted to do. Uh, he was probably, even with Tua playing a great game and a bunch of other guys, he was probably the best player on the field on uh, Saturday night. So, Quinn and Williams, small sample Heisman. You're my guy. That just Pete, gave we... Pete – I just vamped for you for a couple of minutes, Pete, for you to find somebody. You're a friend and a good bird source, so we appreciate <laughs> that. Um, I am going to go a little bit under the radar from all the marquee games today and uh, – I'm sorry, on Saturday, and take Purdue quarterback David Blau. I thought it was really impressive that Purdue beat Iowa this weekend, and Blau had four touchdown passes, 333 yards, and this guy led the nation in interceptions two years ago, and this year he's sitting at 17-7. and 
Uh, a couple years ago, he was 25 and 21. So clearly under Jeff Brom, he's gotten a lot better. And salute the Boilermakers for staying alive in the Big Ten West. All right, there you go. He recovered really well there. Recovery Thank speed. <laughs> yeah. Recovery. Us Western Mass guys are known for our recovery yes. speed. All right, I am going with uh, Quadres Wadley. Running back for my UTEP Miners. Fight, Miners, fight. 91 yards and two TDs against a mighty Rice to lead UTEP to a 34-26 victory. And victory is the key word because UTEP hadn't had one of them since November 2016. A bit of 20-game futility, a 20-game losing streak. Hello, Cleveland Browns. Uh, here's hoping the crowd down at Rosa Cantina raise a toast to the sophomore because that losing streak was way too long. So congratulations. <laughs> And the Broncos lost. <laughs> this show, I don't know why you people listen. I honestly don't. To our listeners, Pat is watching the Bronco game, not paying attention to the podcast, and yet he was more prepared than Pete. So <laughs> give me credit for that. Let's go back to you, Pete, because I don't Pat Pat went off the rails. Um he's probably slitting his wrists or something. <laughs> With a bird talon. Missed field goal on the last play. Missed field goal in the last play. Lose by Overtime two. or did they lose? Oh, they lost no, by two. Lost. 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 L-O-S-T. <laughs> lost. Go ahead. Got it. Okay. Say something nice, Pete. I'm going to say something nice about Nebraska. Uh, I watched most of that Ohio State game on Saturday, and I feel like Scott Frost, despite being two and six or seven, uh, again, I'm really prepared here. Um <laughs> Has that program going in in the right direction? I just really felt like there was a there was a consistency on offense and schematically they knew what they wanted to do. There were two drop balls that could have completely turned that game, and I think you saw kind of two programs: one teetering a little bit on the brink of the greatness where they were, and the other on their way to it. So I will say something nice about Scott Frost. Uh, Nebraska fans should feel good about where the Huskers are right now. Pat, say something nice or just rant about the Broncos, whatever you want right here. <laughs> I'll spare everybody the Bronco rant because that's coming when we're done. But I will say something nice in a left-handed way that will allow me to say something mean, which is my favorite way of doing this. Uh, congratulations to Tulsa, which won its second game of the year and throttled Connecticut 49-19 to to do it. Tulsa hadn't scored more than 26 points all year, but they scored 49 points. And what does that say about UConn? My God, the state of this program is unbelievable. They are 1-8. and eight. Their only victory was over Rhode Island, and they have just been <laughs> trucked by everyone. They lost to UMass, of all places, last week. They go take on another 1-17 and and lose by 30. They lost by 41 to Memphis. They lost by 42 to Cincinnati. They lost by 30 to Syracuse. They lost by 55 to Boise State. They're terrible. The Randy Edsel retread is a disaster. It's just impossible to believe that this program was actually in the Fiesta Bowl like seven years ago. I mean, because they are just awful. But since we're saying something nice, congratulations to Tulsa. Oh, that's nice. Could they beat the Broncos, Pat? Yeah. No. They could you could say something nice. The foliage <laughs> is beautiful in stores right about this time of year. So I'm sure it's glowing. Uh, just go take a walk in the woods or something. Uh, I'm going to say something nice about Illinois program is forever forgettable even though it should be good considering the amount of talent its state produces one of the great mysteries is how illinois is bad at football and basketball 
Uh, they almost never win a significant game, and I won't call this one a significant game. But a 55-31 victory over Minnesota was good for Lovey Smith's team, which is now 4-5. and five. They had 661 yards in the game, and they scored touchdowns, uh, get this, of 30, 67, 72, another of 72, and 77. Dare I say the Illini weren't just victorious, they were exciting. Mm. And uh, on the negative note, what the heck, Minnesota? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What How is that about? How slow is your secondary you gave up? <laughs> 67, 72, 72, and 77. Uh, Minnesota's 4-5, and five too. They play Northwestern, Purdue, and Wisconsin, so they might not be a bowl bid for them. Mm-hmm. So P.J. Fleck has got a lot more work to do. Uh, got to row, row a lot boat. harder. Rowing the boat. The water is frozen. Uh, <laughs> all right, it is more than time for this podcast to end, so it is ending. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Uh, you're You're kind-hearted, and we appreciate you. Uh, leave us a review, subscribe, uh, share on social media, and uh, we will talk to you uh, soon.